Russell Brand. Rock and roll. Radio that's branded for trouble. 100% fire brand. Russell Brand on TalkSport. You're listening to The Russell Brand Show, and here's your host, I am. We are live in Birmingham at the moment. Of course, by the time you listen to it, it will not be live. Really struggling to let go of that idea. Matt Morgan, my co-host, who's with me, of course. Hello. Hello, mate. Yeah, why do I always think I'm live? I don't know. Well, you are. Yeah, because when you're doing it, it is live. But when someone hears that, it's become a lie. Yeah, by the time this... Ironically, it's... uh, the fact that we're not live is probably as a sort of a safety net due to my... I noticed like that pretty much everything I do now, when I've been going into different people's radio shows, oh, is this live? Oh, no, Russell, this is... It uh, is normally, but... We've yeah. decided to pre-record it, you know, sort of Richard Bacon or that Mark Lawson man. Seriously? Or any of them. I sort of think, and I've never once, not once... It, well, there was... In Richard Bacon's one, I said the C word, but I did that because I knew it was a pre-rec, and... They brought up the subject of Chris Moyles' radio rant. Oh, and he yes. talked about that. And, and like after, at the end, I goes, uh, I goes, I guess the bits you'll cut will be the uh, the rant bit and the C-word bit. And I went, yeah, that's exactly right. Those we cut. So it shows that I do know what's wrong. No, I think it shows that you're the grim reaper of radio. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just stride around. Oh, radio show. <laughs> Icy finger, <laughs> goodbye. He will cease to broadcast. Mr. G, the poet laureate of the show, is here. He will summarise this show at the end of it. G, how are you? I'm fine. What I like, you know, the other day, G said this thing to me, and he goes, "You know how he goes? You know when you're at home when you're a kid and your dad just sits slumped in an armchair and you sort of think, oh, I can't reach him, and he seems like your dad seems inaccessible and bored." Yeah. He goes, that's because he's resigned himself to a life with your your mother and you lot, the kids, and like in his half heart, he'd rather not be there. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and then he goes, "Say he goes," and he goes, "What about when you see your dad with his mates if he's in a pub or something, and he's all alive and happy?" And you think, "Hold on, that's not the bloke who's around our house <laughs> because he's just doing time when he's at home with you." And like, well, it was really funny when we said it to Danny. Like, she said, "Danny," and like, we went, "Yeah." I thought I was his mate. Oh, and his mate. Oh, that's horrible. What an horrible revelation. <laughs> like, Danny oh. slowly... You see, it's lovely to see that moment of realisation in Danny's yeah. face. Well, you know, the dad's just doing time. And that's the journey we're all on now. Men on our last, way to weddings. Last legs, aren't we? Pretty much. This is our last hurrah, this live radio tour, tour in the country. Scribbling on boobies, this time in black pen ink, not white body ink. I haven't <laughs> With done a lot a, of changes. I haven't done a single booby. You've not done a single booby. Do one tonight. I don't, well, I don't really like the signing bit. It's Do bit, one of my boobies. It's a bit hectic. Also, you got me and G thrown out of a building over it. <laughs> I was trying to... Well, that happened in yeah, at Edinburgh, the very first gig. I was about to leave, so I suggested to... The, I was suggesting to one of the school guys, you go and escort G and Matt out of here so they can get out, because I was seeing that you were being... You were signing a lot of autographs. You were being surrounded. Was, yeah. I think it's fair to call it a throng. You were being mobbed. So I thought, like, what well, goes? Look, you helped those two out, and then because I was with Big Dan, so I was on, we'll come out, we'll follow behind them. But the bloke weren't working for us. He was like a ex-Polish Secret Services worker who was at the theatre. So Terrifying man. Mate, see them two out. See them two out. And there's one bit where I nearly, unforgivably, and sort of uh, big, in a bigoted way, said like, uh, "Don't you speak English?" I don't know if I even said it, but you I didn't I, say that. I thought it, but I don't think I said it. But I remember the synapses firing. You with thought that. it. How was he going to react to that? 
I just thought Polish Secret Services, they learn a lot of techniques. <laughs> the men who stare at goats, the men who read men's minds. I thought, well, Imagine like, you'd, you'd have just thought it in your head, staring at him, and you went, yes, I do. I do speak English, and I speak Brainglish. That's the only thing you thought all night makes sense, you weirdo. <laughs> and it's the only thing with proper sentence structure. I elbow your throat. <laughs> Yeah, so, but what, I know you, it came from a good place, but what you actually said was, escort those two out, escort them out. <laughs> so he led us to a car park and goes, you go now. <laughs> like he just said, so you and G were just stood in a car park in Edinburgh. And we were going, no, no, we were, um, secret service. it was funny, we went, no, we're, we're performers, we're in the show, like that, and he goes, I don't watch your shows. <laughs> I don't watch your <laughs> stupid show. <laughs> you just had, okay, you obviously have seen it, to know that it was stupid. Yeah. So you had you out in the car park. Yeah. That must have been a frightening moment. What did, how did you get back in? Well, we're just by pleading. To be honest, that was a, I just chose a strange moment to get shot of you both. <laughs> yeah. Just get rid of them. Just get them out of here, take them to the car park, tell them I'll do the show on my own. Hey, it was weird because it was like, no, hang on, our dressing rooms are this way. And he was just on a mission. Right. It took him a while to get on that mission. I was saying, look, that's them, those two there. All that while, he was thinking I was sighting you as troublemakers. Yeah, so when I was going, oh, no, I think we're going the wrong way, he probably thought, you fool. You think I would <laughs> fall for this? <laughs> you don't get to the top of Polish civil service, <laughs> but secret service, all civil service, I can turn my hand to either. <laughs> elaborate bluff fail. So where are we now, please? Birmingham. Birmingham, underground. The whole of the, all these podcasts come from the catacombs of old Victorian theatres mostly. This one doesn't feel as haunted, but there's still a, a dank, oppressive air. Why are we always in the basement? Is it for audio reasons? I don't know. I think it's because people are ashamed of us. That's all <laughs> true. I don't think this is actually being recorded. No, it isn't. There's no wires <laughs> coming off this microphone, which worries me. It's just this dribbling out the end of a microphone lead. It's, it's a preposterous, <laughs> yeah, we're just men talking to each other in a room. In a way, cosmically, Matt, that is what's happening. Why don't we round up some news stories from around the world and then we will go on stage and do a live show Oh um, God! In front of people, how do you feel? Are you going to be wearing I'm that exhausted. hat? No. Are you going to wear that hat, are no. you? I put this on because I was sleeping on a towel. Why is that happening? What so are you, a hamster? I'm trying to sleep on a towel. <laughs> Why do you try and sleep on because a towel, I try and sleep in my dressing room and then stupidly forgot I had a pillow with me because I've taken my own pillow on the road. Whoops, didn't want to admit to that. You took your own pillow with yeah. you for a bit of comfort. Yeah, and I forgot I had it with me, so I made a little pillow out of towels and laid on that. Oh, it's like Jacob's ladder. Tragic little bit of life it was. Awful, just a man like, did you make it cosy in any way or was it, did it, is it as desperate as it sounds? No, it was pretty desperate. I put my hoodie up, put my hat on. Oh, Matt, you might as well be on some church steps with an hole in your boot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a horrible tale. Big mouth, big hair, big brand radio. Here's some stories from around our dirty little circle we call Planet. A judge from the US village of Intercourse, oh, come on, has been charged after handing out condoms hidden inside acorns. This is the weirdest story. Every part of this story so far, Matt, Village of has clashed into my mind. It's like a geometrical conundrum. I just feel like my mind is full of glass and diamonds. And look, Intercourse hasn't got a capital I, so that's not a place name. So it's like city of culture. It's a verb. A village of Intercourse. Village of Intercourse. A judge. <laughs> city of culture. The European Village of Intercourse. <laughs> Come and see how we do it. <laughs> this judge has been charged after handing out condoms hidden inside acorns. Isaac Stolfus has been charged with disorderly conduct after two women complained to the police. 
He was reportedly handing out hollowed out acorns containing condoms to passers-by outside the state capitol building in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's so weird. Well, it's weird anyway, right? But why did they look inside the acorns? Because if someone handed you an acorn, you'd probably say, oh, that's right, no thanks, and think, it's okay, my cheeks are full of them. I'm ready for a long winter. <laughs> I wonder if it was dressed as a judge, because if someone's dressed as a judge handed you something, you'd probably take it. Very much. That whole outfit, for some reason, bestows authority. There's no reason why a white wig and a red robe should bestow authority, but for some reason, it does. as soon as they bang down their gavel, I'm thinking, well, the next thing they say will probably be serious. If someone bangs down a gavel, order, order. Uh, can I go to the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> order, order. I've got an air corn here stuffed with rubber johnnies. Weird, <laughs> rubber up, it? kids. Are they, like, not used condoms? I really hope they've not been used, but we've got more information to come. An individual was... An individual. He really is an individual. An individual was handing out acorns. Hey, I'm an individual. <laughs> Have an acorn full of Johnnies. Was handing out acorns to some women who were offended when they discovered the contents of the acorn, of the acorn included a condom. Am I stuck at me getting an acorn? <laughs> For sake, I suppose mighty oak trees grow from the contents of an acorn, but... But that, you... I mean... It's a push to get a condom in an acorn. A condom, cuddly toy, photograph of Lady <laughs> Diana. Shake the acorn. It's like a really bad kinder surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Beatrix Potter's Kinder Surprise. An acorn, a used condom, <laughs> and some unidentifiable bunts. And look who's complaining about this. The spokesman for the General Services, Edward Mislevish. Why have they all got Polish surnames if this is in America? These are the very kind of men who'd be barging you out of your own gig, Matthew. No. Police say Stolzfus, who lives and works in intercourse, don't we all, dear, told them it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a joke! Come on! You know the one about the condom filled with... <laughs> I'd rather have a condom full of acorns, actually. At least that would have a weird supernatural That'd quality. Be a weird weapon. Yeah. He was beaten to death with a condom stuff of acorns. <laughs> Want to go for conkers? No. Try this, Sally Jim. It's a Johnny oh, yeah, you could ping it that. as well. You could have like four acorns in the end of a condom. Yeah. Use that. Ping it. Ping it for, for a game of conkers. Well, no, but like as a, as a, a weapon. A catapult. Yeah. You know, in America, Matthew, if you talk to them about conkers, it takes literally an hour to explain what you mean. Because you have to explain the concept of a conker, then the concept of putting a string through it. Hundred R, two hundred R, Jamie Dawkins, Nick my one, cheese cutter. There's so much They have horse chestnuts. They don't even have it. All they have is Thanksgiving. That's basically right. all they've got. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they've got instead of conkers. Just a right little popping Why cockle. are you explaining conkers to someone? Why wouldn't I? Are you challenged to a duel? Can you use the pistols or the blades? Well, conkers. <laughs> well, fitty scent, yes, I'll accept your challenge. I've got a blessed cheese cutter here I've soaked in vinegar. You've met your match. <laughs> this has been in the airing cupboard all autumn. <laughs> oh, I think you'll find you've bit off more than you can chew. My airing cupboard's got produced many a vintage. <laughs> oh, they've missed out on that. The whole conker craze has passed them. I'm glad they don't have it, to be honest, Why? mate. Well, they've got Mickey Mouse, haven't they? They've <laughs> got him, they've got all their fits, we've got our stuff. They could, there's probably other things that they've got. They must have horse chestnuts there. They've got Halloween, they've got Mickey Mouse, that's it. That's it. Other than that, it's just here. Intercourse is a popular destination for tourists because of its location in Pennsylvania's Amish country. The movie Witness was filmed there. Now it's starting to add up a bit. This is an Amish community, Matt. They right. don't have no telly. They don't have no internet. So for him, like, 
a condom in an acorn. That's probably like the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most amazing thing that's happened. If someone handed you an acorn, right? This yeah. is, I'm still not over this bit. Why Come would on. you open it? Well, how would like you just accept it was an acorn unless it had a little, little... an acorn? Eh? Well, it, it seems to be that, but under close scrutiny, which yeah, I'm not. Why would you pick apply? it open? Why don't you go? That's weird, and then throw it back on the floor. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honour. That's <laughs> <laughs> some treasure, this always. <laughs> I bet he handed it out and went, look inside in a minute when I've gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just go back to the court. There's been a murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would you? I mean, I take, maybe they take off that bit that looks like it's the acorn's hat. That bit, you know? Yes. It's got well, no, because normally you hold, that's down the bottom, it's its little pants. <laughs> <laughs> that's its little nappy. Yeah. <laughs> you take off its little nappy, and, it, and that's where the condom would be, I suppose. What, under that? You no, couldn't get in... a condom in a packet in there. He's definitely out of the packet. Whether it's used or not, this condom, Matt, he's took it out of the packet. How many did he do? He must have sat up the night before doing it. You know what he sat up doing the night before? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think there's no sexual thrill to be gleaned from stuffing a condom into an acorn and then giving it to a young woman unless you first in some way deployed that condom to its um, a more appropriate purpose. I don't even think that's enjoyable. It would no, just be a I, job mate. after you'd done two of them. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so depressed. Oh. Look, I've still got another one left. Why did I buy a pack of three? Thank God I didn't get a jumbo pack. <laughs> this joke better be funny tomorrow. I don't think I nicked for this. <laughs> oh, but it's going to be worth it when I see their faces when they inevitably unravel the acorn like anyone would and see all these condoms. I must be the best judge in the whole of Pennsylvania. I, I think there's something missing from that because that doesn't make sense. Like, why is that a joke? Uh, well, it's, an, it's a joke in the sense of the headline, Matt. Intercourse judge in nutty condom stunt is quite mm. good. Yeah. I don't like to think of a nutty condom. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 oh. Dry roasted cashews, <laughs> Brazil's Macedonia, right love you in the evening of your life. Yeah, it doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have safe sex unless you've got a nut allergy. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, oh dear, what a ridiculous <laughs> little planet we're living on. Russell Brand on Talk Sport. Dumb thieves wrestle with five-foot python. Fast food customers at McDonald's restaurant were astonished to see two alleged pet thieves. Alleged pet thieves? Coming into your voice. Just keep I, it out. Uh, I think... Oh, pet thieves. Oh, pet thieves. Well, we, we. I don't know, it might be the exhaustion. Catch, I, mean, I had to have emotion. a B12 injection. Well, this is a pretty emotional story, you're right. Yeah. And the tour's coming to an end. I mean, I'm only human. <laughs> I'm made of stone. <laughs> a B12 injection? Yeah. I take B12 tablets. Do you? Yeah. How often do you have one? Every day? Well, I take about two or three every time I remember. <laughs> You've just remembered now, and you ain't had any. Well, so I what's going on with the system? It's upstairs. I had a shot of it. He broke open a, like a vial, three milligrams. He said. He said that will do you for months. That will. Hmm. But how's the body storing B12? Where's it going? He said, bone marrow. Yeah, it does. Yeah. See, bone marrow and marrow bone. What's the difference? It's the same stuff. Is it? Just yeah, switch the words around. Whichever way you approach it. <laughs> you approach it from the rear, you've got yourself some marrow bone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're a fascinating man, actually. <laughs> got any more of this stuff? Plenty more where that came from, mate. I could talk about this for minutes more. 
The pair grappled with the five-foot snake named Boris, which is bloody stupid, isn't it? Because it's like it has that name even when it's aside from its owners. I mean, a snake can't have a name outside the context of its namers. Well, it might have a little tag on it. Where would you put a tag on a snake? I mean, it's like a, it's a whole, it's a long cable of a thing, isn't a it? Sticker. Stick it on it. It's one of its feet. What about when it sheds its skin? Oh no! Who it changed its name? <laughs> whole new identity. You're the new Bowie. He's <laughs> <laughs> come out now with the gay python. Um, <clears throat> the pair grappled with the five-foot snake named Boris, which they believed to have stolen from a Melbourne pet shop. Australian police labelled the two men as dumb and dumber. They should have labelled the snake as well, which they yeah. must have done to have known it was called Boris. Detective Sergeant Andrew Beams. Everyone in the world's got a bloody ridiculous name. Andrew what? Beams? Yeah. That's weird. Because yeah. his name would be A-Beams, which is part, like, that's an architectural feature, A-Beams, I think. Yeah, it very much sounds like the sort of thing you'd need to build a cathedral. Anyone seen the A-Beams? <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who gets out there with a one and a half metre python in a McDonald's car park is pretty dumb, said A-Beams. Boris was described as not happy at being removed from his container in the shop by the men who have been charged with burglary and theft. Boris now safely is back in his container at the shop, has a very nice personality <laughs> and played up because he was upset at not being handled properly, according to Jodie Graham, the own, owner of Totally Reptiles. Why is she trying to PR it and spin it? Look, hey, he's a nice snake, yeah? yeah. Boris wasn't an angry snake. He was being <laughs> stolen and he didn't like it. Yeah, like, Boris's mood was never part of the story. This was always yeah. about Dumb and Dumber, the pair of bungling thieves. Everyone, yeah, and everyone would forgive Boris. No, no matter what, say... no going to go, but Boris is like, right, oh, so... <laughs> He did have very good grace during that heist. <laughs> the one thing that made that heist particularly unpleasant was the attitude of the stolen artefacts. Also, how could he either express being not happy or having a very nice personality? It's a snake. I don't see... can't even pull a face. I've not spent a lot of time with snakes, Matt, but that time that I have spent with them, they've proven to me to be just pretty much... Whether in a good mood or a bad mood, they're just slivering reptiles. They've got, They've got nothing good about them. Unless really. they go all stiff when they're annoyed and they're just a big, long, like a French bread thing. <laughs> <laughs> we all like it when it goes to a leathery French bread and back. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best they're ever likely to do. Big mouth, big hair, big brand radio. Didn't you recently have a, an episode with a snake where it went near to your bottom? Yes. <laughs> well, we've got the weather forecast coming up shortly and traffic, which I consider oh, to be. I handled my friend's snake. Hang on. I handled my friend's snake, which yeah. was. Uh, it's sort of like one of those snakes. It's got. There's a lot of body, but it's only got a small head. Little pinhead, sorry. Yeah, a little pinhead. <laughs> and um, I forgot I was holding it. Mm. And I sat down, and it went round the back. Oh, yeah. And uh, the next thing I knew, it stuck its head down my bum crack. Mm. Right, so I felt something go in, it felt like but a cold finger. And I, cold. I'm so used to that. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> another cold finger, just close your eyes and wait for lunchtime. <laughs> the cold finger went in, and that yeah. sort of made me arch my back a bit. Mm. But then it. Good instincts. It just. Its tongue went. <laughs> on my, you felt on a very specific <laughs> tongue. Yeah. He didn't make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to take the sting out of it. <laughs> and made me jump up in absolute fear. Did you, mate? That was horrifying. Was part of it quite nice? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was scared of. The pleasure. The, the, no, the crashing reality that I maybe gave for snakes. <laughs> Snake gave Morgan last for bum crack tongue whimsy from Python. No, it was like if it had been a more vigorous feeling, it would just, oh, what's that? But it's so delicate. Oh. And, oh, I'm going to say loving. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's like a butterfly's wing just going. 
grazed by a butterfly wing. Probably, um, I mean, more than the skin of the bottom, it would be any hair that may be growing around there was teased and then right at the <laughs> follicle level. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, was it on the skin Not or was your... it irritating the... Aerial bum. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Blessed over there. considered... <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing did the snakes get its head through <laughs> the massive black hair forest that lives around everyone's bum. <laughs> Amazon <laughs> of arse hair that surely all of us must have. My hair's almost eerily bare. Your hair's bare? My arse hair's bare. Oh, really? Who takes care of that now, then? I've got a, a guy. Team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I've done is I've handed it over to Baldrick and the time team. I said, you look, get down there, see if you can find anything of Baldrick interest. Baldrick and the time team. <laughs> oh, Baldrick and the time team, they're down there. I always think about it. They found they, a sex they, and village. If they did time team in France and then he dug up the dog tags that said Baldrick on it. <laughs> it was all true. <laughs> <laughs> that would be well good. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? It would be, mate, yeah. But never going to happen. Never going to happen. There's no way Baldrick actor Tony Robinson is going to come into a time team in, say, the Somme or Ypres or whatever, dig it up and discover that the Tony Curtis <laughs> and Ben Elton, Richard Curtis Tony and Kirk. Ben Elton character Baldrick is genuine. Yeah, but if it happened... It'd be brilliant. Because it'd be really eerie because we all know the last episode of Blackadder sent chills for all of us. It you did, know, didn't it? Comparatively high-level chills, even for a man who gets snakes to lick him out. <laughs> still a thrill when they went over the top in the last episode not a thrill I went to not a it. sad haunting like, finally this programme's funny <laughs> at last they all died good young men come Mother? down their prime I laughed and laughed and laughed <laughs> well done BBC <laughs> more of this please not silly Russell Brad misses <laughs> Oh, you're going to do a third book, actually. That's good. Question. I might do. I mean, stuff will happen, probably, wouldn't it? Yeah. Being married, babies will happen. Why don't you just write things when they happen, and then when it's time to do the third book, you haven't got to do any work. It's all there. Yeah, that's the way of eliminating even more work from this process. <laughs> <laughs> because every way you look at it, writing books is very hard. You've mm. got to sit down, like 6,000 words a sit day. Sit down. They make you sit down, do they? Down, I sit. Oh, there in a chair, sedentary, desk in front of me, tip-tap typing away in various places, Iowa, Fairfield, Iowa, Austria, I wrote some in, New York, I wrote some in, Tuscany, that's it, they're the does places Does it inform the writing, or just... It does a bit, yeah, because I'm a very, uh, any imagery, that's it, there's like, the bit in Austria, I'd write to talk about jagged mountains, like a heartbeat, when I'm in Iowa... Is that where you say that you find God in the mountains? Mm, yeah, yeah, God's up there in the mountains, says old Russ. Like it's its heartbeat, like I'm on those charts. I thought that was a good image. Come on, mate. Right, yeah, Get yeah. behind me. And then there's a bit where, when I'm in Iowa, I talk about like uh, reaching for a metaphor or something, like deer craning up to eat a frosty leaf, something Bloody like that. Hell. Yeah. It's like Wordsworth. Bloody deer, like, you know, I'm trying to eat a frosty leaf or something. Yeah, I love all that, the bookie book readers. I'll tell you what, <laughs> bookie book readers, that. It's that bad deer and a frosty <laughs> leaf. Oh, they eat that shit up with a spoon. <laughs> Down in the boogie workshops. Oh, yeah. So that good, having a manage, you know what I mean? All jacket, dolphins, I talk about them, slippery little nonces in swimsuits, can't even take them off. Whose yeah. books do you read? I don't like to read other people's books. <laughs> I find that very, I don't identify with that. I, I read, say, for example, Stephen King book. I think, well, none of these things have happened to me. I don't understand it. I don't understand the references. Or, say, for example, the Holy Bible. Now I look in there and I think, well, this, this doesn't appeal to me. 
Why, where's the stuff that I do? Where is the references to Big Brother's Big Mouth? What do you feel like if you see someone reading it in public? I go, hey, that's mine, Nat. And then I sort of go as if to take it off them. What's your favourite bit? <laughs> bit about a deer, is it? Yeah, I'll give it back. <laughs> yeah, mate, I only borrowed it, yeah. Give it shit. Oh, that's all my life, you nosy parker. <laughs> yeah, keep your nose out of my face. Just <laughs> kick it out of your hands. <laughs> Eat your sandwich, you pig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it if I see someone reading it. It makes yeah. me happy. What if you saw someone reading it with a okay. sour look on their face? Yeah. Like, Ugh. Ugh. Talking of sour looks on face, did you go in my dressing room and draw a sour-looking face on a lemon in the bed in my room? Because I, I know about ten people. I've done a process of elimination. You're the only one who'd have done it. So was it you? Yes. <laughs> you did a face on a lemon as if the lemon was tasting itself. Was that what you were portraying? Well, yeah, I thought that was very clever. I suppose, <laughs> in a way, well, like a lemon's got its he's, own... He's sort of like, I don't he, know. He's, he's squinting as if he sucked a lemon. And he's going... His tongue's out, yes. You yeah. did. You just portrayed that. I brought really. that to life. Did it brighten your, a moment of yours? did, actually. I was in the middle of a very serious conversation <laughs> with like, really? like Matt and Danny about life and security and things like that. And uh, looked down, saw the old lemon face and thought, Matt's been in here. <laughs> <laughs> Animating <laughs> things. <laughs> Anthropomorphising a lemon. Matt, would you like to tell us about... We're in Birmingham. I don't know anything trivial about it. <laughs> Seems like a waste of everyone's life not to have a bit now. Trivia is... Too negative a term, isn't it? What absolute if trivia? You go, oh, do you want to hear some trivia? No, I don't. Do you want to I'm waste very your time? Busy. I've got to go to the hospice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hospice, a place to die. Uh, yeah. That's mm. lowered the uh, <laughs> mood. The vibes are really. Which one? A nice. bit of trivia. Yes, please. Many Birmingham's. There are thirty other Birmingham's around the world, and one crater on the moon called Birmingham. What's the, the point? Thirty Birmingham's. There's thirty Birmingham's. There's one what's called Birmingham, because then Americans go Birmingham about yeah. our Birmingham. Greenwich. Greenwich, Birmingham, Leicester Square. <laughs> <laughs> I think they know how to say the word square. No. <laughs> Leicester <laughs> Square. That's kind of true. I'm now. That can't be true. Hold on a minute. So there's 30 other Birmingham's, but this is the Australia, main one. Australia, yeah. Canada, I suppose, Don't America. Count. They're all basically nicking our one. Yeah. Was there at some point a Lord Birmingham? I mean, where's the word comes? Like, say you watch something like, as I do, the film Elizabeth. It's about the old days, Matt. You'll meet someone in it called Essex or Sussex or something like that. And they're because of why we've got an Essex or a Sussex now, mate. Yeah? That's right. <laughs> You're not the only one who could do a trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Place names in Birmingham include California, Hollywood and Broadway. Well, so what, as revenge for them saying Birmingham? We should call it Hollywood. I don't think it's revenge. It's a revenge Hollywood. attack. Hollywood. Hollywood. I think it's sarcastic. Yeah, all this. I walked around Birmingham. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hollywood's not that nice. Full of junkies, all them weird pavements with writing on them. Yeah, now that's the what walk that? of fame, isn't it? Well, that's the way I walk everywhere, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I hold my head up high, puff my chest out, do the walk, do the walk off, fame. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, guys. <laughs> i got no roller skates. Big mouth, big hair, big brand radio. You're in Madame Tussauds, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm in Madame Tussauds. I've seen him. He's a bit fat. Who? Tussauds? <laughs> He's a madam. Oh. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? I don't like how he's dressed. 
Well, surely they just don't you give them some clothes? Yeah, but I didn't want to give him something I liked because <laughs> that's mine. So you've got professional jealousy of your likeness. He thinks he's better than me. I've just seen him in there, snooty little prat, <laughs> stood next to, next to Fergie. <laughs> he's got ideas Who about the station. Next to? I don't know, I asked to be near Ellen Mirren, but I don't know if I've got any say in it. I think she'll be in the royal room, won't she? Of course she will, they'll probably put me next to a radiator. I'll <laughs> 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 be melting now. <laughs> That's quite flattering, isn't it? It's good, I suppose, to be a Madame Two Swords. I'm gonna, oh, it's, I'm soon, I'm gonna go and have a look at me. I don't know. What... Oh, what, you haven't seen the finished thing? No, you have to pose for it and they measure you up, and then I've seen him. Well, looks... why do you think he's fat if they measured you up? I think they've, I might have been fatter then, or oh, right. they've just sort of trying to give me body dysmorphia. Either that or I've got it, and they've done nothing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Is yeah. it, um, like, does it look like you? I've got a picture of him on my phone. I ate him. Oh, really? Mm. I mean, I've got to come up with a quote, Matt, that's positive, because Nick kept saying, mate, we need a quote from Adam Two Swords, and I kept going, tell him I think he's too fit. <laughs> come on, mate, we can't give that. It's What's going the, on the website. All oh, right, that's it's just you go. This guy's brilliant. Sort hey, of thing. keep him away from the Spice Girls. That yeah. sort of thing, you know, oh, they'll be okay. looking for, won't they? Something cheeky. Yeah. What is that? Like, do they make a. What's underneath the clothes? Just, uh, just a nub. It's very accurate. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they give it nipples or anything like that. Do you worry that. about voodoo? I've been thinking about voodoo quite a lot. What if people go and pin him in the aisle? Yeah. What if it just falls over and no one ever picks it up? Just leaves it there and suddenly I'll think, oh, I'm all numb down one side. And in the soul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, leave him there. He's made his bed. Let him line it. Let him line it. They just break bits off it to work on other ones, more current celebrities. <laughs> Get us one of Brand's thumbs. That'll do yeah. for the nose. We can make Lady Gaga a new hat with that. <laughs> Why don't we just use him? Melt him down into ten pence <laughs> what expression are you pulling? I'm sort of, they goes, can you do like a smirk? I goes, well, I don't want to do a smirk. I don't want to be immortalised for all time, all perpetuity, smirking at the world. Yeah, that's like, wipe that smirk off your face. You be, won't be able to. You'll be voodoo stuck like Stuck it. smirking like when the wind changes. Yeah. And it's also true that no one ever says he had a lovely smirk. No. Smirk is always pejorative. Also, a smirk, like, is a fleeting thing. But if you're, like, Trapped frozen in, in it, a it's smirk. like you've had a stroke. Yeah, like, like Ellen Daniels, <laughs> just smirking my way through neighbours. Hello. <laughs> uh, hello, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I can't smirk my way through. Smirk. Tommy Tow Truck from Jimbo, who spoke out the side of his oh, bumper. I don't like all, all of the cat. I didn't like any of the Jimbo, Jimbo gang. No. Jimbo himself was preppy and happy. Oh, and Chief. Yeah. The Chief, he was worried about something all the Jimbo, time. Oh, no. <laughs> He was out of control, wasn't he? He, he was, was in, in the wrong job. At my airport, wasn't he? He was in the wrong job. Of course he was. Oh, Jimbo, no! <laughs> oh, bloody hell, Jimbo! <laughs> Every episode ended with him going, Jimbo! Didn't it? Yeah. Screaming at the sky. Jimbo! Everyone said that, but he always went, Jimbo! Oh! I think his marriage was falling apart. <laughs> I think mean, he was a massive fan of Bullseye. He actually wanted to say Jimbo in. <laughs> he was articulate fully what he wanted. Jimbo in! <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a wrong mood. Like, because kids, that might be the first time they encounter the idea of an aeroplane. And for them to, for there to be such frantic panic attached to it, yeah. it undermines the whole Well, no, the aeroplane, Jimbo himself, was very calm. That's true. That's true. People go, you never saw people go inside him, did you? 
No, because that would be unsettling. Happy eerie, wouldn't it? Because it would make you think about where's his organs. Yeah, where's Jimbo's kidneys? <laughs> Ooh, just climbing up Jimbo's bum bum. <laughs> I hate Jimbo, actually, Matt. Did a you? lot of the people, like that, them McDinosaurs, remember them? No, the family nest. Family nest, yeah. McDinosaurs, that's <laughs> how I knew what that meant. <laughs> Mr. G's going to try and summarise this stuff with a pen and a brain. Mr. G. <clears throat> Past the forest of light desires, hollow acorns reveal the truth, waxing the works where it transpires from the mighty brum that sounds anew. The grim reaper's touch is chilling. He'll never call me, Simon's thinking. So where's the special secret police to eject these idiots from the building? A timely team that you would know of, a poet, a writer, and a bit of a show-off, broadcasting to animals, minerals, and prosthetics, or to any boa who's a bit of a goer. Woo! Yes,